Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up on KWTX at 4, a Waco woman finds inspiration in her Hispanic culture to create beautiful jewelry. And preparations for the holiday season get underway at the Salvation Army next week. More on what the organization is doing to help families in need. Oh, and seven years later, sorry, I didn't know I had this read. A historic uh, probe that went all the way to an asteroid is coming back to bring data back to Earth. We'll talk about this historic mission from NASA. KWTX at 4 starts now. And thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Lauren Westbrook and meteorologist Brady Taylor, our chief, of course. Is this yeah. your first time on the hour-long four yeah, o'clock show? Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Buckle in, Brady. Yeah, Camille's <laughs> playing super mom today. She's got some sick kiddos at home, so okay. she's doing what's more important. And I'm holding down the fort as much as I can. You can tell I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't you're, know what I was doing. Something I was supposed <laughs> to read there. So. Always thrilled to have you. Glad oh. to have you here. Let's go ahead and get to our daily four. Okay, so you've heard of the Peace Corps and maybe the Civilian Conservation Corps as well that was launched during the 1930s by President Franklin Roosevelt to create jobs. Well, now President Biden's launching a program aimed at taking care of the environment. It's called the American Climate Corps, and the program will be hiring 20,000 young adults. They'll work on a wide range of projects that tackle climate change, including restoring coastal wetlands to protect communities from storm surges and flooding. Also, deploying clean energy projects such as wind and solar power, managing forests to improve health and prevent catastrophic wildfires, and also implementing energy efficient solutions to cut energy bills. That sounds pretty good too. Well, in addition to the goals that they will accomplish as a core, again, we said young people will be doing this. The Climate Corps is meant to train the next generation of federal land managers park rangers and others who oversee natural resources. So this is being done under executive order. It's kind of was part of that, um, you know, we saw some of those economy generating bills that, you know, early on in, in Biden's tenure, those kind of got rejected or this was taken out of part of it, but he can do it now under his executive order. And incidentally, the EPA is announcing some grant competitions for states, cities and counties to do the same thing, a kind of deal with climate pollution and also advance environmental justice. So we're seeing lots of resources going toward this, but I mean, 20,000 bucks, uh, 20,000 people that is, and they're gonna be making pretty good money, which is where my head was when I said that, as well as benefits. But I think the real benefit is training folks to deal with those things. I mean, I don't know how many folks are interested in being park rangers these days, but these folks clearly will be. So you'll be kind of gearing them toward those jobs. Also included in that group for the incentive tribes, which is interesting yes, to me. Yes, exactly yes. too, yeah. Yeah, cities and counties and tribes and everything. Mm -hmm. So taking that uh, step, but I mean, you visited a lot of our natural parks and you know how beautiful they are we want to you know preserve these things i need to we need to do a tour of a couple of those it's like hit one or two a year right you can hit them all <laughs> i think so too natural parks we need to get out there what's the one with the one a big bend so yeah big bend uh, i think west that, texas that's the main one yeah but yeah. That, that's a, that's a drive to get it's out there. A hike. it's a hike it's a hike yeah. okay so that's number two in our daily four Okay, y'all, get ready for some sick beats, courtesy of the Fed. <laughs> if you haven't heard of the Fed, yeah, we mean the federal government. The Consumer Product Safety Commission released an album called We're Safety, Now Haven't We? 
<laughs> Brady was so I excited. Mean, yeah. We're yes. safety now, haven't we? Yes, it has several songs <laughs> with safety-related messages aimed at young adults, like reminding kids to wear a helmet and put your phone away while driving. The album can be found on the Consumer Product Safety Commission's website and YouTube channel. I know all of you are rushing to download that right now. The songs could eventually pop up on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, we were talking about who came up with this at the Fed. Like, we need to be, we need to be with it, y'all. I think so <laughs> I hope, too. I hope it works people. for them, though. I mean, that's cute. Well, it's a great idea, and it's been done before. You know, when you go on a plane, right? You have that little demonstration of safety. So, Virgin America, if you remember, they had a really fun music video that they played that met all the requirements of the FAA. But also, it was fun to listen to. And in fact, it's really catchy. You should go back and go on YouTube and look for it because it's a lot of fun. But you get the message. I think that's what they're trying to do is get some messages across. And you know that covers a lot of ground. I mean, we're talking about Consumer Product Safety Commission. That's a lot of territory. So, And I think they explore different genres. I think K-pop is in there, okay. if I'm not incorrect, and a couple other things. So yes, it is. EDM it, is one of them, too. easier for me to remember song lyrics than it is regular information. So yeah, that's right. a That's true. Here we but go. then you're going to get those song lyrics stuck in your head, and you're going to be singing <laughs> about something. <laughs> That you don't want, you're like, oh gosh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Not going to get TVs that tip over on top yeah. of toddlers, those kinds of things. You want to make sure you're safe with all those items. So, good messages. Now it's number three in our daily four. All right. So, this one kind of reminds me of something like Jurassic Park. So, science has, scientists have uh, recovered genetic material from extinct species. In a recent study, scientists say that said that RNA molecules extracted from I'm not even going to say this word, thylazine? I don't know. It's a tiger. Uh, will help them uh, learn more about the animal's genetic makeup. Uh, that particular type of tiger disappeared 2,000 years ago uh, from virtually everywhere except the island of Tasmania, where it uh, was essentially hunted to the point of extinction. Uh, scientists said that uh, the extinction wasn't the goal of the research. It could help the efforts to bring back uh, the animal in some form. So. Uh, yeah, I just, I know some, I mean, I know we forced animals into extinction and uh, or limited just because of hunting and stuff like that. But when you start playing, like I said, right. go watch Jurassic Park. It does not end well. Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up, yeah, really bad. So uh, there's some stuff on that where now, I mean, we have cloned animals and stuff like yeah. that. So, but when you're messing with something that is no longer around, uh, it kind of could get a little dicey. Now, I mean, it's smart that you're learning maybe yeah. from those animals. It's stuff that could help people down the line, but that re replicating stuff can get kind of dicey. It's when you go back millions and millions of years, I get really concerned. <laughs> I mean, this is what, two, we said 2,000 years? Yeah, but okay. the, now we got AI and we're getting RNA from animals that aren't alive anymore. We're going to have uh -huh. like robotic, crazy animals running around. Right. What are we moving toward here? Okay. The latest Transformers okay. movie Keep was... the Velociraptors away from <laughs> me. That's all I have. Did you see that latest Transformers movie? It was like Rise of the... Yes. The What are they, Beasticons or something? I don't know. They, I they, they, it's that, like yes. a digital sort of like electronic cyborg animals. <laughs> That's where our future's going, guys. You heard it here first. Uh, hopefully not. Let's go to number four in our daily four. Are you hungry? Do you want to be? You might not like this one. <laughs> this has become a TikTok sensation. People snacking on Pringles and caviar. So more than 10 billion people have viewed these videos online. And now, I said billion, now Pringles is hoping to cash in on this social media movement. It's uh, teaming up with the caviar company to create a new product. I think I should say 10 billion views on 10 billion people. Uh, so we have the, the crisps and caviar collection. Of course, the British, who are real fancy, they call chips crisps over there, right? So we have the crisps and caviar 
our collection. And this limited edition product, uh, all of them, they went on sale yesterday and they're pairing a Pringles original sour cream and onion and barbecue flavors with the Caviar Company's classic white sturgeon caviar and its smoked trout roe. These snacks are not cheap either. The prices start at $49. They go as high as 140 bucks for different selections. And I have, this is not the first time I've heard of this though. I know there's a reality show that I watch that I've had you watch too. And, they, <laughs> and there's a scene where they're in the Hamptons and someone lays out a spread of caviar and little things that they go with, including, you know, I don't know, like whatever, fruit or vegetables or whatever they put them with. I don't know, crackers, but then Pringles. Mm -hmm. And people were so shocked and like, oh, Pringles. But people said they were delicious. They loved it. You gotta put that pinky it. up when you get I, that Pringle. <laughs> that's, a, that's an expensive Pringle. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never had caviar. That just doesn't seem like one of the things I, on I my don't. list. I think I've I'm, tried it once. Yeah. I like it. It's actually See, really, really good. Highfalutin. I'm not. I'm just hungry <laughs> all the time, and I will eat is. anything. I'll eat anything. He's so, so fancy. With less than 100 days until Christmas, yeah, you heard right. Yeah. KWTX is partnering with the Salvation Army and Marine Corps to provide Christmas toys for children in McLennan County. Last year, more than 4,700 individuals in Central Texas were served through Toys for Tots, and this year we want to do the same thing. Here to share more about this program is Major April Taylor, Commanding Officer of the Salvation Army. Thank you again for being here. Always glad to be here. Can you believe we're already talking about it? Yeah. I know it. Yeah, <laughs> 90 degrees out. Christmas is coming. <laughs> we know this program has been around for a while, but for those who haven't participated or aren't familiar with it, what can you tell them about Toys for Tots and why we need to start planning for it right now? So the Toys for Tots program has been around for decades, actually a very long time. And, um, you know, it was brought here in the team ship with Toys for Tots of the Salvation Army began about 30, 30, 35 years ago. And actually, Rusty Garrett was part of that yeah. um, with the officer here that brought that together. And um, for all these years, we've been working together on this project to help families with children mm -hmm. to receive toys at Christmas, especially those that are in the most need. Yes. Shout out to you, Rusty. We love you. Yes, we yep. do love you, Rusty. <laughs> Who is eligible to apply? And can you walk us through the application process? Yes. Um, so people, anyone's welcome to apply. The bigger end of it is, is we have to look at every situation case by case. And one of the things that we're finding out, um, especially from last year, because there was this change that happened with the government funding, giving extra money to families in need. And so they had that cushion. And so by the time Christmas came around this last year, some of those families thought, well, good, we're gonna make out just fine. And then all of a sudden, it went away. Yeah. And so there was this big mad rush at the end to try to get people um, taken care of with their families. So what we learned last year was there was a lot of new families that go through this. We have to interview each family individually and we do this with, we set up appointments. So the first thing that's happening right now and uh, we've already started with this is we are getting flyers that look like this, little flyers that, that kind of tell you about Toys for Tots. We're getting those out into the systems and um, the agencies and school systems so that they can begin to think in that direction because no one wants to be caught off guard or yeah. surprised with what can happen. And so with that, then that letter, tell, that flyer tells them to come to the Salvation Army and we'll be beginning to hand these out in October. And these will be um, a letter and on it, it already sets your date and your appointment. It gives you plenty of time to organize yourself so that you can get the documents that we need to look at 
to help qualify you for the program. Yes, part of that organization is those documents you don't want to show right. to your appointment and miss an opportunity there. So what right. documents should families have? Right, so every every family either, you know, they have a source of income, whether it's, it's uh, through government assistance or even SNAP is considered income in some degrees because that does help to offset your costs, right? Um, so we ask for any of the bills that you might uh, receive, primarily utility, primarily your rent, primarily um, things that are your, your emergency um, uh, go-tos for your survival, right? So we want to look at those things and we want to talk about what that looks like. Any SNAP that you might get, we look for children's records, we want to make sure these children are your children and they're not children from another county or another place. We want to make sure they live in McLennan County. That is our job here. Um, although Toys for Tots covers a 10 county area, Salvation Army here in Waco does McLennan County, Temple does Blue, um, Bell County, and some of the other counties around Hill County, Salvation Army does theirs. So there's a few connections like that are related. But what we want to make sure is that um, we're helping the, those families who are in the most need and that they're the ones that are receiving the assistance that we needed. We don't want just anybody standing in line. Everybody says, free, it's for me. But we want to make sure that we're giving it, um, the donors the, the opportunity to give to those who are in the most need yeah. in this community. So those documents help us determine what that looks like. And it could be, you know, you, last year you wouldn't qualify, but this year you do. Yeah. You encourage people not to wait to apply, and there's a reason for that. That's right. And the, the reason is time goes by very quickly. People don't realize. Um, once you get into October, every, everybody's got their, um, their signs out saying, come for help, come for help, come for help. And the winter months begin to happen and it starts to get cooler outside and your bills begin to get higher and things change for you just because the weather, just because of the time of year that it is, and just because of other circumstances, uh, a cost for children being in school, new clothing, things like that, supplies, all those things that would be um, something that you don't have all summer long, all of a sudden here they are yeah. again. Yeah. So you have to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's really important to getting the help. Many people who donate don't necessarily get to see their reward, to right. see the impact it makes on families right. they're helping. What would you share with them if they're watching now about what that impact looks like for you yeah. all at the Salvation Army? So I know, first of all, um, there is an opportunity. Um, and I know that the Toys for Tots Marines are also looking for volunteers to assist. So look on their opportunity list to, mm -hmm. to see if you want to see firsthand on, on that, that we're all working together and, and their, dona their donations are going out to the right families. The second part of that is um, when you hear the story, and I've heard many of these, there's a person sitting in the chair and they say, you helped me when I was little. Mm, yeah. My family struggled, I know that, and now you're here I am in this position again, mm. especially last year. Mm. I heard more of that last year yeah. than I've heard in a long time. Wow. That I've never done this before, but I know when I was a little girl, this is something I got and I knew you mm. guys would help. And so when, when we're looking at those individual cases, we're seeing that reaction. When they pick it up, they're just overjoyed. Big bags of toys, sometimes their bicycles coming out, mm -hmm. and they you can see the joy on their face, and you see the moms get really excited and nervous, yeah. like, oh no, am I gonna fit this in my car? Right. <laughs> or what am I gonna do? It's, it's very exciting to see them receive. Um, I've not really ever experienced somebody ungrateful 
most people are very grateful. Certainly. And with just a few moments left, we want to let people know if they want to uh, help out with Toys for Tots, you know, where should they go? Mm -hmm. Where should they go? Right. You can reach out to me if you want to at the Salvation Army. And that, mm -hmm. that number is um, probably, you can find it it's on Waco Drive. Mm -hmm. It's our administration office. That's 254 um, five, four, nope, 254-756-7271. I almost gave up my cell number. Yeah, okay, that's all right. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And um, call that office, and they'll help you get anything that you need to get prepared for this. Um, if you want to volunteer, reach out to to us. I'll hook, I'll help them get connected to the Marines and other op opportunities on our website where people can actually help us with the interview process. All right. Thank Fantastic. you so much for coming. Major Taylor, making me emotional yeah. over here. Oh, I'm already ready yay. for the holiday know, season. Too. Thank it's you coming. for all you do. Welcome back. Hispanic Heritage Month is a 31-day celebration of Hispanic culture that runs from September 15th through October 15th every year. But one Waco woman displays her proud Hispanic heritage all year long. Inspired by her Mexican culture, she creates beautiful handmade jewelry. Jessica Moreno-Gonzalez is the creator and owner of De La Nina, and she joins me now to share more about her jewelry and her rich heritage. Thank you so much for being here, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see all of this jewelry. I want to go through it. Thank you for bringing these beautiful earrings. But first, tell me about yourself, your background, Waco born and bred? Yes, so mm -hmm. I am a Waco native, born and raised here. I am a first generation. Uh, my grandparents and my father, my mother, immigrated to the U.S., settled somehow in Waco, Texas. Um, and so I'm very passionate about my little community and just kind of representing it. We hear a lot about the duality of being Hispanic American. Do you ever find it difficult to balance those two worlds? Maybe in the beginning when I was younger, not so much as now. Um, I grew up watching novelas and one of the sayings they would say is ni de aquí ni de allá. Um, but I do feel both are me. I am not just Mexican. I am not just American. I am Mexican-American and that's, that's who I am. That's I feel beautiful. like I am both. Yes, that is so beautiful. I'm sure a lot of people watching today can relate. So you created De La Nina. Mm -hmm. How did this all get started? Like, did you always have an interest in making jewelry? And, and then talk about the name as well. So starting out into this niche, I would call it, um, I've always been an artist uh, growing up. I've always loved painting, working with different things. Um, but as an adult, you get so busy with the routine that I kind of lost it. And my husband knows that I, I started kind of going through depression where I was just working, working, working. And I actually came across a class that was making jewelry. And I was like, you know what, let me go look at that. And I did it. And as soon as I, I went to that class, I made the earrings, I can do this. But with my own little spin on it, and I, I, I was like, I felt determined that I am going to make earrings that are for me. And what I found out was it's not just for me. Everyone wants to be able to wear their culture and they really, really love that. And I have a lot of good feedback from it. The name de la Nina actually comes from my mom. So, and I know a lot of Hispanic people will relate to this where it doesn't matter how old you get, you're always gonna be a kid to them. <laughs> so, <their> baby. <laughs> yes, so in Spanish, la Nina means the girl. So even though I'm almost 30, my mom still calls me la Nina. And I'm the oldest of 22 grandkids. Wow. And for some reason, I am still la Nina to her and so, De means from in Spanish, so from the girl, de la niña. Oh, I love that. It's so you, just, <laughs> you exude this energy and joy talking about it. If you don't mind me asking, what kind of field 
were you in before when you took this class? So I've, I've been working at the corporate company I work for right now. Um, it's forensics. So nothing, wow. nothing related <laughs> to making earrings, but that's what this is. It's my passion. So I can come home from a long day of work and I go to my little desk, I sit down and I make stuff. Yeah. And that's where I unwind. Um, what's cool about it is at the end, I have something that someone else wants and that way I can keep making more. Why do you feel it's so important to express your culture through your art? I think it gives more people um, personality, uh, especially right now where we're in a world where everyone cares about labels and different things change all the time. Uh, we went from Latinos, Latinas to Latinx to now Latin being a term to be able to be very inclusive to everybody. Um, so I think it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're teaching us all. You're probably teaching somebody watching right now. And we have a QR code that links to your shop right here on the screen. You have an Etsy shop where people can find you. And how else can they get in touch with you if they're interested in your art? So I'm very active more on my Instagram. Uh, the handle is delanina.co. Now on Instagram, there is no Enya, so the little on top of the uh -huh. end, so it's actually De La Nina, which I get confused a lot where people will introduce themselves like, hi, Nina. Like, <laughs> no. My name is actually yeah. Jessica, but nice yes. to meet you. Oh, okay, and you're seeing some of the pictures from her social media right here on your screen. When you go to these different markets and pop-up shops, what is the feedback you're getting from both Hispanic and non-Hispanic customers? Well, for my more my Hispanic uh, customers, what they'll do is like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was a thing. Like I can, and they'll go, they'll be very excited, and it's something that makes me very happy to hear. Um, so of course, with them, it's like I want this, I want that, I want that. But even my non-Hispanic they uh, customers, they love it too. They're like, oh my gosh, I know what that is. Uh, for example. I have my little cochinitos, they're the little Mexican pig breads, uh -huh. and surprisingly everyone knows what they are. Yeah. So they'll come up to my booth and they'll say, I know what that is, I've eaten that. And I'm like, now you can wear it. <laughs> yeah, you can wear it on your ears. <laughs> Show us what you brought today and walk us through yes, what so, they mean. So the tiles here that are spaced out, these are talaveras, so uh, kind of translated more, it's a Mexican uh, tile. I'm sure everyone has seen those in homes, and when you go to Mexico, you can see them a lot. Um, the pretty popular ones, I kind of doubled them up here, but I have my conchitas that are pink or brown. So if you've ever had sweet bread and you go to mm. the bakeries, they have those. Um, a little partnership over here is my cochinito with the cup, so it's like you're having your whole meal there. Um, other than that, I have also at the very bottom my corazones of, of uh, cazuelas. So, one of the things I use in my booths is I display them with pla the Mexican plates. Okay. Um, with those, my mom gave them to me, and then she got even more excited and bought me more. She's like, Mija, I just want you to have as many plates so you can display more earrings. And so, um, my mom's a big cook. Everyone knows the, the Latin community is known for their deliciousness. Oh, it's and so good. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm getting hungry right I now. Know. And so with the corazones, I actually wear those a lot at my job because I feel like they perfectly represent my culture anywhere and any day. Yeah, what are you wearing today? So today I'm wearing these blue ones. Um, I don't really have a name for them. So if you can see on the table, I have a lot of blue and white. Blue is my favorite color. So I, 
get a lot of people who ask, are these inspired by tequila? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but it's not that. Uh, it's it's more for my love for the color blue and white. To me, it's just a classic, very romantic color. Um, so that's yes. that's why a majority of them are blue and white. Well, we're going to talk more about mm -hmm. your creations, and you're going to teach me yes. a little bit about how you make them mm -hmm. when we come back. So stay tuned for more from Jessica. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.